0: Welcome to Inside Impact, where we give you a behind-the-scenes peek at how organizations can create positive change in their communities. I'm Elisa Hur, founder of Unity Web Agency, and on the show today, leadership coach Maria Kingery comes on to tell us all about something you're going to hear quite a bit on this show, B Corps.
1: I am a 54-year-old B Corp impact junkie who believes that businesses have the power to change the world and have been at it with my own business that I co-founded with my husband in 2001 for, what, 21 years now, and really saw a need for other businesses that I felt like they could learn from my mistakes, (laughs) honestly, right?
0: Maria has won numerous awards, and her work has been recognized by the U.S. Department of Energy, MIT, and Stanford. She's the founder and principal of the consulting agency, 360 Rocks, and co-founder and chief impact officer of Southern Energy Management. At 360 Rocks, she works with impact-driven entrepreneurs and their leadership teams to embed sustainability into the fabric of their organizations. I'm lucky enough to have been one of those entrepreneurs she's worked with. I met Maria through the local B Corp community.
1: So the way I found out about B Corps is also one of my favorite memories in business. I was at a Net Impact conference, and I think it was downtown Raleigh, and Eric Henry, who owns TS Designs, literally comes running across the room, and he's like, you're Maria right?" And I was like, yeah. And he was like, you need to be a B Corp okay, well, first of all, who are you? And second of all, what's a B Corp? But he was so passionate and you've met Eric, right? So he's just, he's just adorable and so full of life and everything. So naturally I had to listen to what he had to say. And basically his pitch was, you are already a B Corp. You're just not being measured on it. And so then I had a series of conversations with actually Bart Hullahan, one of the founders, came and met with us. And the rest is is history. You know, for me, I felt like, and this is just my perspective, but one of the things that we did, that we do still for a living is we go into buildings and we verify that they are being built to the standards that the builder wants them to be and, and says they are. And to me, it just made sense that mm-hmm. we would want a third-party verification. We're third-party verifiers, right? Yeah. It's part of the work that we do. And so, you know, we, again, from the very beginning, this ethos of using business as a force for good, which mm-hmm. is what, you know, one of the B Corp phrases that we all like to use, it was just who we are. It's just always been who we are. So to be able to actually have a an assessment that – verifies that and validates that. It felt like a really important thing to do.
0: Yeah. For people that don't know what a B Corp is, can you give a brief introduction? Yeah. What is a B Corp?
1: So a B Corp is a company that takes a third-party assessment around five different impact areas. uh, And those are community, governance, like their internal governance, their impact on their workers, their impact on the environment, and then their impact on their customers. It's fairly in-depth and I want to hesitate to use the word complex, but that is the mm-hmm. word that's coming to me. Process where, you know, you go through and you answer questions on around those five impact areas and you have to there's a possible score of 200, but you only need 80 to be certified as a B Corporation. Not that that's easy, because I know that it's not. I just got my uh, 360 Rocks just became B Corp certified. So oh, and now congratulations.
0: I have, yes, thank you.
1: So now I have two certified B Corps, which is really kind of cool and fun. But yeah, so you, know, you have to get 80. And, and the great thing from my perspective about being a B Corp by far is that well, there's the measurement piece, right? So you actually know that you're creating the impacts that you want to be creating. But the ancillary benefit that you get is being part of a community of people who are also making that. I mean, that's how we Absolutely. met, right?
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: being a part of a community. And like, because when we started Southern Energy Management in 2001, right, we didn't know there was any such thing. Even yeah. like Burt Speeds, right? We didn't, nobody was talking. There was, you know, some triple bottom line language and there's some more academic conversations happening. Mm-hmm. But as far as a community of practice and people who are actually doing this, you know, I've learned so much and gotten so much value from that piece of it. And then as our company has evolved, having given our team members... The opportunity to have a community also of like-minded people that they can interact with.
0: Yeah. The community part is one of the best parts of being a B Corp.
1: Yeah. It definitely is.
0: Yeah. Um, We went together to that Eileen Fisher gathering for B Corp women CEOs. And one of the things that they talked about that that I thought was so cool is about like instead of trying to – force our way into the table, it was about making a new table and saying, we're not going to fight this uphill battle. We're going to make our own game and do it our way. Yeah, And our way can be more empathetic. And I think the business leadership that B Corps have, where you're really thinking about your impact of your team and mm-hmm. your community and customers and environment and all of those things like it's almost it, it is a completely different way of doing business in it, a way
1: it no not in a way and it, it is it completely is completely different yeah. I mean, it is and it isn't right i get what you're saying and it kind of
0: fits like as a woman mm-hmm. there's i don't know is there a, is there a relationship between gender in leadership and then the impact like social impact. Have you seen more women leaders of social impact companies? Like proportionately, I'm curious.
1: You know, I think as women, as, a, as a, I can only really speak for myself as a woman yeah. and then some of the women business owners that I know, I do think that there is a very deep desire to do business in a way that feels authentic. I mean, I see that amongst men as well, at least the men that I, you know, hang around and work with. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's not a universal statement, but maybe women are just less tolerant of playing the game, so to speak. I mean, because, you know, you were talking about the amount of funding that goes to women. Well. One of the things like, so our company is officially women owned, right? Which seems sort of funny in these <laughs> days. Back in the day, I could I could legitimately say, yes, I definitely, you know, run this business. Now, it was chief impact officer. I still yeah. am involved in developing our people and things like that. But at any rate, I digress. My point was going to be like, I one of the other main reasons that I wanted to become a B Corp in the beginning was because at the time I thought it was inevitable that we would raise money and to scale and that we would take on investors and et cetera, et cetera. And a big piece of uh, the B Corp, the thing that you sign on to, is that you write into your bylaws that you are going to take into consideration all stakeholders, not just shareholders. And that was really important to me. I mean, it turns out that didn't happen like we – decided not to go that route. But that really was one of my motivations at the time because that's where I thought we were headed.
0: That's interesting. What did you learn in your career that led you to coaching?
1: In my work, my goal is to give my clients the tools and the resources and some of the knowledge that I wish I had had. Like, when when we discovered this whole concept of an operating system, it it changed our world because we had been, like most businesses do, you're just out there. I mean, we had some smart people doing really great work. We had some systems in place. But to really scale the organization and to really think about, and again, living a sustainable life as founders, I just, you know, we we're on that roller coaster. I, you know, I've talked a lot in other places about solar coaster, right? Because it's <laughs> where, you know, we get whipped all around with policy and stuff. But any, we're starting any business is a roller coaster, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it just, it's it's a ride. And it doesn't have to be. Like, they're always the things that are outside of our control. And much more so today, it feels like, right? Is outside of our control. And so being able to put the systems and the processes and the foundational pieces in place so that what you can influence is sustainable. And then that just sets us up even more to be able to face the challenges slash opportunities that come our way, are inevitably going to come our way.
0: Right. Yeah. And you used to be an EOS implementer, and that's how we started working together. Yes. And that toolkit and operating system that we've basically continued to use, Mm -hmm. even once you moved on from that, has completely changed our business. It's night and day. And I don't think we would be around now. Actually, no. I know we wouldn't be around now if it weren't for that. Wow. We've had, like you said, the roller coaster. There have been really great times. And really not so great times Mm -hmm. and having a coach, a guide to be there to show you that that's the low times, not the end. And then also to help with like putting that kind of structure in place, the infrastructure of how a business runs and Mm -hmm. what you need, how you set goals, how you track your goals, how do you measure Mm -hmm. these what matters in your company seeing that growth. It's it's so cool. It's so cool. I love it. <laughs> I'm, sure,
1: I'm, I'm about to cry over here, actually. Oh. Yeah, I love and I love that you are so enthusiastic about it still. And I mean, that's still the work that I do. Like, yeah. I help organizations implement an operating system, their operating system. Yeah. So you've got the unity operating system yeah. that you have, you know, that you've instilled and it is something now that you will continue to add tools to that toolbox. And as you grow, you'll need different tools. But the fundamental principles, let's create, let's get everybody some real clarity and alignment around a vision about where we're going to go and then how we're going to get there. How do you run a meeting? How do you set up a scorecard? I mean, mm-hmm. these are like, it's it's basic, basic principles that most of us know, or at least we've heard we're supposed to do, but for whatever reason, like, it's just, it can feel overwhelming. At least it did for us. Like, yeah. I mean, we had scorecard, oh gosh, we had balance scorecards. We had all kinds of systems that we have put in place, but nothing worked for us until we really looked at the business holistically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 360 rocks now. I'm really excited about the way we're thinking about this. It starts with purpose, right? Because why get out of bed in the morning and do a thing, right? Yeah. You got to start with your purpose. And then it's about your people, right? And getting people who, and you've heard this a thousand times, Alisa, people who, who, you know what I'm going to say, right? Who share your core values yes. and are fired up about where you're looking to go. And then uh, after people comes a playbook. You got to have a shared playbook. This is how we do our basic things. And then you have to focus on the performance against that. And then the last one is the one I'm most excited about, prosperity. Oh, yes. Like, right? So it's about, and with my clients, I really want to think about, because I was sort of taught, you know, we're led to believe that profits are the be-all, end-all. And profit, you, you no money, no mission. Mm-hmm. Bart Houlihan said that to me uh, at one point when SCM was in a not-so-happy place.
0: You've said it to me. (laughs) Yeah, I want (laughs) to say
1: it to anybody who'll listen. Yeah. Because talk about the lessons that you learned, right? So that profitability piece and, like, being able to sustain a profitable organization is really important. But it's not all. Like, what does prosperity look like for you as a founder?
0: Right.
1: Because it's more than just money. Mm -hmm. Believe me, I know a lot of founders who've made a lot of money who do not feel prosperous. So and then what does prosperity look like for your people, for your community, for all those things? And then in the middle of our model currently is drawn as a heart and it's got impact in the middle. I don't know if that's going to fly in the business world, but I'm sure.
0: Well, (laughs) one of your core values is what? Lead with love? Lead
1: with love, yes. That's what's on my business card.
0: So I think that the heart being right there in the middle makes the most sense. As someone who knows you and knows the way that you operate, Yeah. Thank you That is very relevant I have started at the end of our We just had a quarterly meeting last week And at the end of it I'm tempted to just tell my entire team I love you Thank you, I love you Why don't you? Because it feels weird
1: I know, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, it does I tell people I love them all the time I'm I'm sure I've said it to you (laughs) Because I do And you know what? I do
0: too (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, and that's why I put it on the front of my business card because we do, and yet we don't say it and we yeah. don't always act from that place. I mean, I did we had uh we had a town hall meeting for Southern Energy Management last week. I think there were a hundred and some people on there, and at the end I was like, I love you all. <laughs> and I mean, I'm sure some of these people are like, I've never met this lady before.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> who in the world is this? But you know what? Maybe even even if that's the response, it's like, huh. That was different. Right. Something different just happened here. Yeah. And I did have a male colleague of mine. So I actually did this at a conference two years ago. It was the last conference that I went to where we were in person. Mm -hmm. And I was given a, you know, talk about something or another. And at the end, I said, I love you guys. And, you know, or love you people or whatever I said. And I made a comment, you know, flip comment about And I tell our people that and blah, blah, blah. And so this guy actually, he runs a company, I think he's got five or 600 people now. He actually called me and he was like, "Maria, I just want you to know that at our last, you know, company meeting, I told him I loved him. I was like, wow, that's awesome. That's
0: awesome. <laughs> I know. I kind of wonder what people think. On the receiving end, like, do they think if that's the first time they hear that, do they think, Oh, are you dying? Yeah. Are you leaving us? Like, why are you telling us this? <laughs> well, <laughs> well we're all dying. Well, yeah.
1: Right. In some ways, and we're all living. Yes. And I think there's room for more love in the business world. And I think that, you know, and I've been told, you know, I tried to make love one of our core values like back in 2009 or 10. Uh, When SCM, we were growing really rapidly and we were bringing in a lot of people. And even then, even without like calling it or knowing it was an operating system, I knew that like core values were at the very foundation Mm -hmm. of like, you got to have those with everybody on your team. And I actually had, you know, the four, I think I had a team, like four or five people who were going through the, you know, helping me to develop these. And they were like, Marie, you can't do that. Why? Because they said it would make people uncomfortable oh. and people will think that you're weird.
0: <laughs> and, <people Well>. will. <laughs> and, and you know what, at least
1: like, I think about and We
0: gotta I, embrace the weird,
1: I think about this sometimes. And then I remember I was like speaking to a group one time and I was so proud that I had listened to them and I had said, you know, they were, you know, I really, they, I thought they, that was really good that we were collaborating and they had their point of view. So it's a balance, right? Because part of me is like, man, what would have happened? What might have been different if I'd insisted yeah. that, no, love is part of this culture? So
0: Yeah, that's interesting. When I founded Unity, I had come from a nonprofit. And nonprofits talk about mission and values mm-hmm. and purpose and all of those things. And so I had no business bra- background. I knew what I wanted my business to generally looked like I knew what it didn't want it to be right and it, it kind of like parenting you know like you know oh, what you much. don't want it to be and then you're like okay well I guess I'll figure it out and I had two kids by the time I started this company so it's like well if I can make humans I can make a business <laughs> <laughs> right. right and so I thought about I started with those values too they were very complicated and I think I was probably two years into the business about when I met you. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time we talked, I felt like you turned on a light. I felt like you walked into the room. I had a flashlight in the dark and I'm like, okay, well, there's, I'm finding my way. And then you walk in and you're like, well, this is how you do it. And I was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) you just turned on the light switch.
1: (laughs) We don't know what we don't know, right?
0: Yeah, and I'm it's, still finding more rooms that I didn't know existed in this house that I'm trying to build. And, oh, and you're going yeah.
1: to be making additions. Yeah. You're going to put on new floors. You're going to be, like, you know, revamping, you know, remodeling this place for, for as long as you are in this business. Yeah, it's That's exciting. That's the fun of it. Yeah, It is
0: fun. It is fun. So a lot of times we only get to see the end results and not all of the effort that it takes to get to the end result. And I am incredibly nosy. And so I love to ask and pry <laughs> a little to get the behind the scenes look from the inside at, at impact. And so, with all of your time in the impact world, what are some things that you've learned that you didn't expect to learn, or what are some surprises that have happened?
1: So obviously I've learned a lot over the years and it's evolved a lot over the years because I remember the first impact assessment that we took. I'm sure it wasn't actually with pen and paper, but like in my mind, (laughs) that's what it feels like it was. And I got on a phone call with Hardik, who I believe is still with B-Lab. And he like led, you know, we went through the questions together and he asked me some questions and And now, of course, it's very, you know, it's all online. There's, like, this whole process. And so I think that I didn't appreciate in the beginning how complex really talking about sustainability can get. Like, for me, there's some pretty basic principles. Mm -hmm. But then when you try to measure those things, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so... This is my bias because of what I do for a living and, like, part of putting an operating system in place is, like, just, like, on your phone. It's, like, the thing that you do it and then you don't have to think about it anymore. You're making right. it. You're simplifying it. So, to me, I would love, and this is why I love what, you know, Impact is doing, right? Let's make this simpler for people. Yeah, like I didn't realize how off-putting it is to really honestly... In my experience in the business world, most entrepreneurs at least to talk about like what's the impact that you're having. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't realize that people – it's not that people don't care, Yeah. right? And it's not that people don't want to make a difference, but that they don't see how to do it in a way that isn't going to destroy their business. Like it's, it's a very much – it, for a lot of people, really do continue to see it as an either or, right? And I remember early on, you know, one of my entrepreneurial friends talking with uh, this person, and I was like, "Well, you know, would you consider, you know, doing this?" And it happened to be a woman, and she said, "Maria, one bottom line's hard enough."
0: Really? Yeah.
1: And I was like, "And and it's, it's true." Yeah. Right. It's true. And so getting it to a point where it's not an either or, where it's an and, and it's something that's adding. And I do believe that now, right, more investors are talking about this. And when you got BlackRock saying, you know, that this is an imperative, that changes the conversation. Yeah. So funny, you know, you asked about the origin story of us becoming a B Corp. And one of the ways that I pitched my team, and this was 2009, I was like, hey, you know, guys, because it was guys in the room. I was like, guys, in 10 years, this is just going to be how businesses get done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you want to, you know, you want to get on board now? Or do you want to have to play catch up? (laughs) And they were like, I don't know why. Somehow they believe me. But it's been, you know, now more than 10 years. And I'm delighted at the progress that we've made and also a little dismayed that there hasn't been more.
0: Yeah. So let's talk community impact. Okay. What are some of the ways that SEM has made an, an impact on the community here locally and more broadly?
1: I think SEMs, you know, I actually got a letter from a former team member. Bob and I got a letter two weeks ago, I think it was, in the solar industry. And this person had uh, gone on, I think he's been at a couple of different companies. And his company just got sold. The company he's working for currently just got sold. And he got, you know, a little bit of money from it. He said it wasn't enough to retire, but that it definitely was very, you know, financially impactful. And getting that letter from him, and he basically said, you know, what you guys started has enabled so many people to go out and do this work. And so I'm saying, using his words, not mine, he had no doubt that the solar industry in North Carolina and the Southeast would not be where it is today without the work that our team has done. And he was talking about how every day he talks with people who came out of SEM, you know. And and so SEM, you know, and even... As recently as a month ago, one of our team members left and decided to start his own company. And it's like, you know, that's not the the plan we want for everybody, obviously. And But, you know, we have some team members. I think our longest team member's been with us for 18 years. And we've got, I don't know, 15 or 16 people who've been there longer than 10 years. And we've watched them grow up and you know, buy homes and and raise families. And, you know, one of our team members, I mean, I remember when his first child was born, this kid's like going to be going to college soon. I like to think that the effect of working in an organization like ours, while not perfect, really does try to create an inclusive, like not completely democratic, but uh, democratized at least environment for people. I like to think that that spills out into the community and that they take that wherever they go. Yeah, I hope.
0: I w- I hope so too. I'm like I'm thinking about. I speaking of getting weepy. I'm sitting here thinking about like wow. Like in 15 years, mm-hmm. how many lives will Unity have touched?
1: Yeah. I hope you're measuring that now.
0: Uh-huh. Well.
1: <laughs> well, because that's one of the things, right? And you've got unit of impact, and then yeah. that's one of the, you know, the impact is at the heart of what I'm looking to do. Because measuring that, and it's not mm-hmm. just through B Corp certification, right? But measuring that along the way really matters. Yeah. For so many years, we've been trying to measure what's Im- what feels immeasurable. Start somewhere.
0: Yeah. I remember – What you said about what you learned about how complex it can be, that makes me think about, so a year and a half ago, I co-founded Unit of Impact with, along with two other B Corps, Round Peg in Maryland and Oliver Russell in Idaho, and then Unity in North Carolina. And between the three of us, we're building this platform for companies to be able to measure and report on their impacts. And just over the past year and a half doing learning about this, I feel like I've barely scratched the surface. And here we are supposed to be building a tool for it, right. for companies. And even after all of this research and trying to get some kind of organized system for people to do this, it's like, wow, this is really hard. No wonder it hasn't been done yet. Right. So it's exciting that we're we're making that happen now. And We've got an awesome advisory board <laughs> that you're on. So, uh,
1: well, I'm excited for that product, and and you know, I think I don't know if it was on that call or maybe any of some of the other calls I've been on recently, but I, things that are really meaningful and important often, not always, but often take longer than we think they are going to take, and that's why you know many people give up. Mm-hmm and so it really takes a lot of tenacity and it takes a lot of determination to see a thing through and knowing you know what to see through and what not to see through when you're an entrepreneur that's a big part of like <laughs> that's a big part of crystallizing a vision yeah because knowing what to say no to is just as important many many times as what we say yes to we
0: know this i've been trying to learn that from you it's a lesson that you've been teaching me that has not gotten through my thick skull well but it's getting there it's I, making its way in i have
1: i have witnessed as i am delighted to be here as a guest on your podcast that you definitely See I have, <laughs> have boundless energy for new things which you know it's exciting yeah. right and and there's no reason that we can't shouldn't be able to do those things with the proper systems in place right that's what enables us to be able to do more yeah than we otherwise would be able to
0: yeah that's true i was thinking about like oh man
1: you're still overcommitted i'm, I'm sure. way
0: overcommitted but
1: you know that's a commitment to yourself I'm learning that.
0: Yes. I'm doing some, I'm in therapy.
1: Mm -hmm, Good. Me too.
0: And it's amazing. Yes. And I'm working through some workbooks. Nice. I'm trying to learn self-compassion. And it's incredible how hard that is.
1: It is. You know, Kristen Neff has an app. There's an app for
0: that.
1: Oh. <laughs> Have you come across Kristen Neff yet? No, I,
0: I think her name sounds familiar. What's that? So
1: she's like the self compassion. Like she's oh, okay. the, and I think her latest book was called Radical Self Compassion. Okay. And there literally is an app that I downloaded but don't seem to use very often because it is something I agree. I think for many of us, it is the work of right now. And particularly if you're a high-achieving person and you're used to being someone who gets shit done, it's one of the ironies. You asked me earlier about things I've learned. The more shit you get done, the more people want you to do shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, right? And the more opportunities you get. And it's like, wow. And, and developing that discipline of, and again, that's why, you know, and I'll point out, and I know we've had this conversation before, an operating system like where you have a very clear vision and clear, very clear goals and, and ways to be accountable and measure, you, your life needs an operating system also, yes.
0: right? Yes.
1: And just, you know, it doesn't have to be that, you know, regimented, but having a family meeting, you know, once a week or once every couple weeks mm-hmm. um, where you sit down and you talk about whatever – you know, obstacles are in people's way. Same principles actually apply quite well. All these things, like, the the ultimate goal is to help people live better lives, from my perspective. Yeah. And to create more love in the world. And it starts with us.
0: It's beautiful, and it's true.
1: Well, I mean, and when I say, like, I've tried to become more aware recently of the way, you know, my own self-talk. And, like, you know, that's one of the things that Kristen Neff talks about is, like, I think, and maybe Brene Brown. And, you know, it's not earth-shattering, but it's, like, you need to talk to yourself like in ways you wouldn't talk to a friend that way. Yeah. But, wow, when I start to listen to, like, some of the things I say, I'm like, shit. I would never speak to anybody else that way. Yeah, and so then I have to get, give myself compassion for that. Oh, which is really the evolution for me the last maybe six months or so mm-hmm. is being okay with that inner critic and being like, "Oh, bless your heart." Right. You're you want me to be better.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You know, that's I don't have to way shut of you down. At it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I don't have to you don't have to shut it down. Like yeah. that's cuz then it becomes you against yourself, right. right?
0: Yeah. The book that I'm reading right now that is just amazingly helpful is called The Child Inside. Mm. It's it's mind-blowing for mm. me, but yeah, it's about your inner, you have an inner shadow child, which yeah. is your inner hurt child, and then you've got an inner sun child and that's your inner like joyful three year old or whatever. yeah, and then your inner adult, and then there's a bunch of other people in there. Mm-hmm. but
1: it sounds like internal family systems is that?
0: I don't know if it's related to that. It sounds like yeah. very
1: similar concepts, which, you know, uh, Tim Ferriss had. Dick Schwartz, I think. Richard Schwartz uh, on his podcast is where I first learned about oh, cool. it. cool. It's fascinating.
0: It is. And it's like when it made me think about when you're talking about everybody says like you should never talk to yourself the mm-hmm. way that you wouldn't talk to someone else. But it's um, now that I'm reading this, it's like I would never speak to my inner child that way. Right. You know, like or my own children. Right. The way that sometimes I speak to myself mm-hmm. and – yeah, who is that coming from? Mm-hmm. What part of my brain? Yeah. What part of my personality? Exactly. And like, yeah. And that self-compassion that you have to have and that I'm working on developing is all about love. Yeah. Bringing it all back to love.
1: Yeah. And getting really curious, right? Yeah. As opposed to judgmental.
0: Yeah. Huh. You really
1: think that. Where is that coming from? Yes. You know, one of the other things that I got trained in this past year was heart math, and it's the principles are so simple. But it's like, okay, you got to solve a problem, you got to prepare for a meeting, you got to take some time and breathe in through your heart space, and like, you know, there's lots of mindfulness techniques, but this stuff is simple. It doesn't have to be so hard.
0: It's simple, but it is hard. It's simple and hard.
1: Mm -hmm. Simple, not easy, right?
0: Yeah. All right, so my final question is what person or company doing good has had the biggest impact on you?
1: I would have to say B-Lab because they were, you know, and Bart Houlihan specifically. I mean, I love Jay and Andrew and, you know, all three of the founders. And But I would say Bart Houlihan, you know, at a time when SEM, I didn't know if SEM was going to make it or not. Uh, Bart came by and just happened to be in town to see me, and that was when he delivered the fame. And I was distraught because I felt I'd let so many people down and we were having to lay people off, you know, which for me, right, it was just like it's the worst thing. And, and I recognize now that it happens, right? But and Bart shared some personal stories with me. That was when he said those words, Maria, no money, no mission. And I got it. Mm -hmm. Like at that moment, I was like, okay, we still have to, like we have to focus on profitability and, and I really, it sounds silly, but I really don't think I totally got it. I think before that time I had had this concept that, oh, you know, you do what you love and the money will follow. (laughs) Well. Kinda. <laughs> if you do a whole lot of other things right along the way, right, and you, you know, operate with certain principles and basic and not so basic, right, putting things into place. So, yeah. I, I, I give that honor to Bart. It's a
0: good one, and the
1: rest of the group there. But for that, for that moment specifically.
0: Well, thank you again for joining me, Maria. If people want to learn more about you and what you're doing now how can they connect with you
1: oh my gosh they can find me on linkedin of course and they can f- check out my website built by unity although i will say we're going to be we're still in the process of updating all the words not the beautiful graphics that you guys did uh but at 360 rocks and i'm easy to find marie at mariekingery.com Um, Yeah, that's my email address. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much to Maria Kingery for coming on the Inside Impact podcast. To connect with her, visit 360rocks.us. And thank you for listening to Inside Impact. If you like this show, we'd love it if you would give us a rating and review on whatever podcast app you're using right now. For all of you making an impact in your communities, let's hear about it. Send us an email to podcast at unitywebagency.com, and we'll be sure to mention what you're doing on the show or even have you on. This podcast was edited and produced by EarFluence. I'm Elisa Hur, and we'll talk to you again soon on Inside Impact.